0: Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide. Find your Heat Treatment Resources at www.heattreatbuyersguide.com. Welcome to Heat Treat Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Leon, editor of Heat Treat Radio. Today, Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today, and Thermocouple Specialist Ed Vallejo continue their part two of a three-part ThermoCouple 101 series. As we noted last time, the Pelican Wire guys wrote an article with Heat Treat Today called Thermocouples 101, which is a great resource alongside this episode. Search for Thermocouples 101 on the heattreattoday.com website. Now, let's listen to Doug and Ed.
1: Ed, welcome back. Glad you were brave enough to come back. (laughs) Thank you, Doug. (laughs) Last time, Ed, we talked about uh, a lot of good basic uh, thermocouple stuff we talked about basically thermocouples one-on-one which i mentioned last time was one of the best articles best most well-read articles on our website which is which is great great we covered a lot of different things last time i was just reviewing it actually and i was it was interesting we were talking about uh a couple of several different men you gave a good history of uh thermocouples starting back in the early 1800s and talking about guys like alessandro volta where we get the the name Volt and uh, Thomas Seebeck and the Seebeck effect or the Seebeck coefficient, things of that sort. Uh, we talked about all the different noble uh, thermocouples, the J uh, J K E N and T, and we talked about the N leg and the P leg on all of those, which is yep. was all good. It's very interesting. If you didn't listen to the first episode, you ought to go back and listen to it. It's a really a, a pretty good summary of. Um, of uh thermocouples you know a basic primer on thermocouples so we also you know did things like uh, did some vocabulary for ourselves like learned what an emf was electro electromotive force and things of that sort so it was very good so this time i think we want to move on to uh some sta- what we could commonly classify or in a big picture classify standardization and accuracy discussion But before we do i got a question just a quick follow-up question from the last one we had mentioned that the the an emf is produced when two dissimilar metals are are joined together or placed together there's a very very small electric current that's created right so my, my question is can you do that with any any metal is it possible or is do you only have to have certain types
2: Uh, Well, theoretically, yes, you could probably join any two different metals and produce some sort of voltage. Uh, However, um, the accuracy of that, and and if it doesn't mean anything, you know, probably not. So, you know, the thermocouple types that we've talked about, the noble metal thermocouples we talked about, uh, I'm sorry, the base metal thermocouples we talked about last time, uh, are, are industry- Uh, known, used, you know, worldwide. Uh, And quite honestly, it's been been, uh, perfected over, you know, many, many years. Uh, So, yes, you could generate a voltage probably from any two metals, but uh, really... Uh, to to produce an accurate thermocouple, something you can measure temperature with, you're going to want to stick to the uh, uh, the, the thermocouple types that we've talked about in the past. Right. And right. And, and again, today we're talking about the uh, the base metal thermocouples, which are t- are you know known as type K, type J, type T, type E, and type
1: N. Okay, those are the base metals, right? Got base
2: you. metal okay. thermocouples, yeah.
1: All right, good. No, super, super. All right, appreciate that clarification. All right, so let's talk a little bit about uh, standardization. Okay, of these things and accuracy is basically what we want to talk about in the thermocouples. So my understanding, Ed, is that there there is one or more organizations out there in the world that deal with certifying, qualifying, whatever, uh, giving us standards for for these thermocouples. Can you tell us a little bit about those organizations and then we'll then we'll jump in and talk more specifically about, you know, the, the classifications and accuracy?
2: Um, sure. So, uh, one of the uh, bodies that we use is uh, ASTM, um, but actually, more importantly, so in ASTM E230 uh, is, are all the thermocouple tables for the different types of thermocouples, not just the uh, base metal, but also noble metal. Uh, it's a fairly lengthy, lengthy uh, book, um, but every all the thermocouples are based on the ITS 90 scale, and and that is. Um, the EMF output of each one of these thermocouples at prescribed temperatures, um, right. and we can go into more detail with that if you'd like. But there's there's a number of uh, ways that they have a you know extremely accurate uh, temperature medium uh, to measure the uh, thermocouple output. Um, so, but that's what the uh, tables in EST ASTM E230 are based on uh, the ITS 90 scale. Um, so when we talk about ASTM, there's also a couple of other standards uh, that we use, and we'll probably get into a little bit uh, a little bit later in the conversation when we yeah. talk about calibrating uh, the thermocouples themselves. Uh, so okay. ASTM E220 and ASTM e uh, 207 are the two that okay. are used in calibration of the thermocouples.
1: So the so but basically the organization that does that the I don't know if we call them if we want to call them a lab or not but the organization that does it is ASTM.
2: ASTM is uh one of the bodies that that right. publishes publishes the books that uh what I call the standards for for thermocouples um okay. and I think I won't be misstating but ITS90 uh that was excuse me um that is really more at NIST Okay. Mist? Yes. Mhm.
1: Yep. Yeah,
2: they yep. they control the uh the ITS90. Gotcha.
1: Okay. All right. That's good. All right. So let's move into let's move into the accuracy standards. Then uh, you, I think you'd mentioned the the ASTM E two thirty. Is there anything else we need to talk about as far as the accuracy standards, or is that just the did we already hit it?
2: Well, certainly in the ASTM E two thirty, they spell out uh, the different types of thermocouples. Um, right. As I mentioned, the base metal thermocouples, but but the accuracy of each one of those is listed in the ASTM E two thirty.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, what about classifications? Let's talk about the the guidelines for classifying these these different thermocouples.
2: Sure. Again, ES, ASTM E two thirty, and there's other publications, but but again, we use uh, ASTM here. Um, so the class, classification of the thermocouples um, are also spelled out in ASTM e two thirty, and basically, we talk about special limits of air standard limits of air and extension grade uh thermocouple and again those can be found in e230
1: right so these so when we classify those are we classify when we classify them based on temperature deviations or temperature the the tolerances temperature tolerances yes is that uh, basically what it is
2: it's yes it's based on temperature tolerance and and I'd like to use a quick rule of thumb uh, yeah. for for classification of, of those thermocouples. So, special limits of air, um, basically from from zero degrees Fahrenheit to 200. Uh, I'm sorry, to 500 degrees Fahrenheit, it's plus or minus two degrees, and from above 500 degrees, it's plus plus or minus minus 0.4 percent. So, okay. for an example, at 1,000 degrees, uh, you're looking at plus or minus four degrees. If you have uh, 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit, the tolerance at 2,000 would be plus or minus eight degrees. For special right. limits of air. Okay. Now on the other side of that, you have standard limits of air, and basically you could just double that. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. So at from zero to five hundred degrees Fahrenheit, you're talking plus or minus uh, four degrees. Thousand degrees now would be plus or minus eight degrees. Two thousand plus or minus sixteen degrees. Right. Now where where there's some confusion and and maybe some people don't uh, understand uh, thermocouples. When we talk about extension grade, there's actually two types of extension grade. There's standard limits of air, special limits of air, uh, extension grade. Extension grade is just uh, exactly as it it sounds. It just carries that signal from your sensor all the way back to instrumentation. Rather than run uh, maybe a little more expensive wire all the way back to your instrumentation, you're going to put extension grade to, to continue that circuit back to the instrumentation. Um, so as far as the tolerances go for, uh, uh, the, uh, extension grade, uh, but before I get that, so the extension grade is the same metals yeah. as, as the, uh, the thermocouple. So if you're using type K, uh, sensor, then you're going to want to use a type K extension grade, you know, and so on for the rest of the, uh, the base metal thermocouples. Um, the difference is that the extension grade material is only guaranteed to meet the tolerances up to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So if you look at ASTM E230, the tolerances only go on extension grade to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And actually, Wait. type T is type a little bit different, and type T only goes to 200. But um, yeah.
1: But the, in the heat treat industry, that's not really going to do us much good, right? I mean, because it's most of our most of our processes are well above 400
2: it is but again you're only carrying the, that that's why you would never use an extension grade as the actual sensor and that's yep. some of the some of the confusion out in the industry well i could just take my extension grade create a junction and use it to measure temperature uh, Pro- probably good probably could up to 400 degrees yep. um, but but it's not guaranteed above that temperature and you could get yourself in trouble um,
1: Gotcha, gotcha. So, I, okay, so if you're talking – you, you run extension grade outside of the furnace. Obviously, you're not above 400, so you can use extension grade to run it. I think last time we talked about no more than 100 feet rule of yeah, thumb. Yeah, right? rule of thumb, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. okay, I got gotcha. you. So, it's it's uh, extension grade. I was thinking extension grade was a tighter temperature tolerance, but basically it's, a, it's less. It's basically saying here's your extension cord that you can run – uh, there you go. From your from your your regular wire, let's say either your standard limit of error or special limit of error from that to the to the box. To the so box, yeah. exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. So, gotcha.
2: And okay. and so so the, the key to 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 understand extension grade is that so the tolerances on that extension grade are the same. So if you have special limits extension grade, yeah. it's the same as your special limits thermocouple wire. Right. Plus or minus two degrees, in this case, up to 400. Right. It's guaranteed to meet special limits of air. And then the same thing on the uh, on the standard limit side. Um, right. You just double those those tolerances. Right. And again, it's really the temperature that is guaranteed to. Yeah. You think yeah. Extension grade.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Very good. So those are the different classifications. We've got special limits of air, which is a tighter... Temperature tolerance, and then you've got standard limits of air, which is a little less, less, uh, less tight, right? A little less tight, mm-hmm. and then you've got your extension grade, which is, which is only it only is classified up to four hundred degrees, anyhow. So, right. got it, got it. All right, very good.
0: We'll get back to Ed and Doug in just a second. But first, today's sponsor, the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide, is receiving a lot of traction connecting heat treaters to equipment suppliers and service providers. Need an audit? Check the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide. Looking for furnace accessories? The Buyer's Guide will give you suppliers in your area. At heattreatbuyersguide.com, heat treatment resource providers are eager to help you be better equipped to meet your day-to-day needs. Go to heattreatbuyersguide.com to get your products today. Now, let's return to Ed and Doug.
1: Is it possible then, Ed, I'm wondering if I know some some heat treat processes require very very tight temperature tolerances, especially in I don't know, things like uh, aluminum brazing and things of that sort, very tight temperature tolerances, but is the, is it possible to get anything better than special limits of air? It is that uh,
2: they're First thing I want to say is they're not really recognized within ASTM uh, okay. these tighter tolerances, but certainly uh, in the industry, certainly in heat treating, uh, and even in the pharmaceutical side of the business, uh, where they typically use Type T, uh, we've had many requests for tighter tolerance uh, material, and okay. and some people call it uh, quarter limit material, half limit, you know. There's a there's a bunch of different names okay. uh, that it goes by. So uh, <clears throat> so we. We go to our our manufacturers of the of the wire and request that. and And most of the times it's a no quote. Um, so it, it really comes down to more of a selection process. You know yeah. for us here at Pelican Wire, we deal, you know we have a a pretty good size stocking program of bare conductor, and sometimes what we could do is mix and match to try and meet the tighter tolerance material. Um, and 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 as it uh, as it sounds, so when we're talking special limits of air, tighter tolerance. Uh, and there's a, and there's a number of ways uh, that some of the manufacturers, and matter of fact, the heat treaters, uh, will you'll see that they'll request materials, uh, special limits that must meet two degree plus or minus two degrees up to a thousand degrees, mm-hmm. and then then 02 percent after that. Right, uh, and it, it can be done, um, and we do do it on occasion.
1: Right, right. So, okay. So let's kind of follow that up a little bit. I think. I mean, how did they? How do you determine the accuracy of a of a, a lot of wire, a spool of wire, or whatever? How do you How do you go about doing that?
2: Okay. So, uh, well, let me back up just a little bit and and yep. let's start let's start with the the actual wire producer themselves. You know, uh, there's there's not any left in the in the in the states. Uh, so, basically, all the thermocouple wires melted uh, overseas, whether in be Germany, uh, France, um, uh, Sweden. Uh, so, when they melt, they try to meet special limits of air. And um, so, now you're talking each leg has to obviously be melted uh, separately. They don't melt them all at one time, right? Sure. Um, so, each melt or heat, um, they're shooting to make special limits of air. And this is where some of the testing uh, specifications come into play. So ASTM-E207 mm-hmm. is a test method uh, for single thermo element thermocouple wire. So okay. that basic, so I don't want to confu- confuse our listeners, but <laughs> uh, so again, if you think about a melter that just melted a heat, uh, melt a wire, and they process it down to the wire, they only have one conductor. Okay. Right, so they want to know if that one conductor is going to potentially meet special limits of air. So there's a testing uh, specification that ASTM has again E207 that you can test a single leg thermocouple wire and uh, to see if it's going to meet special limits of air. So what they do is they they calibrate the single leg, they get their values, the EMF output, right, and they they have the second leg or the other leg. And they do the same thing and they just mathematically add the EMF of those two. And again, go back and look at the standards to see whether it's going to fall within uh, the special limits of air. So that's how a melter does it. You know, the folks that are, that are melting the individual thermocouple legs. So us users and, and, you know, we, we're an insulator wire. We, we go ahead and put the two legs together and now we have a thermocouple. So uh, the way we, test those thermocouples is by using a uh, ASTM-E-220, um, which is a uh, comparison method. Um, so we're taking a known standard uh, and we're calibrating the thermocouple wire against that standard and getting the, the temperature deviation. from that. Right. And that's how we verify that the wire is meeting the tolerance that's requested by our customers, whether it's special limits of air, uh, standard limits of air, or even extension grade.
1: Right. So when you say a standard, so what does that test actually look like? I mean, are you taking a a thermocouple that you know is good, sticking it in a hot furnace, and your test thermocouple, or are you just doing an electro uh, 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 through uh, current testing or something yeah, like
2: that? No, no, good question. We actually use uh, SPRTs uh, resistance thermocouples, uh, high accuracy that we use as as our standard, and they're calibrated at an outside firm. Okay. Um so we know what that the output of that resistance thermometer is, and we calibrate our sample against that. So we have a uh, really three things you need for for the, to do a temperature uh, calibration is the temperature medium, the reference thermometer which we've already talked about, and and then the uh, equipment to capture that output or measure the voltage that's being produced. Right. Uh, so having those, we have our standard, our reference standard that we know the EMF output of. For right. the temperature output. Now we put our thermocouple in the uh, in the furnace, and we compare the two. Gotcha. And that that's how you get your deviation.
1: Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me ask you one other thing on here. So the the companies that I mean, there are labs I understand that do these certifications and things of that sort that certify the certify the the accuracy of the thermocouples i I mean now pelican wire does you guys do have a lab right and you do you do certifications
2: we do we do we calibrate the thermocouples and we produce the test report showing the deviation uh of the thermocouple that we're you know for the customer
1: so so we earlier we were (coughs) talking about standards right and how you there's uh the organization that AS, AS, ASTM, sorry. ASTM, you yeah. <laughs> ASTM. How about for these labs? Uh, do the labs have to meet some sort of outside third-party certification? Uh,
2: there's there's nothing that they have to do. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that there, there's uh, a number of standards. And just like, you know, we're ISO uh, 9001. Right. Uh, but we're also seeking accreditation for 17025, so that we, you know, our lab is accredited to um, IEC ISO 17025, okay. uh, which just proves that that we are, um, uh, you know, a quality lab. We have our quality systems in place. Our equipment right. that we, our equipment that's used is, uh, we have our uncertainty budgets for all the equipment we use, uh, so that a customer can can feel confident that the calibration report that we provide uh, is is accurate as possible.
1: Yeah gotcha okay all right very good well I think that covers most of the stuff that we wanted to cover in this uh in this episode I mean we talked about the uh, basically this this the standardization the special limits of error the standard limits of error um, you know who does the who are the bodies out there that do the the certifications if you will classifications Um so I think we covered a good bit of stuff. Next time, I think we, we were going to do one more, ad, one more episode, and I think we were going to talk about insulating materials. And I understand that one of your colleagues is going to be there to, to talk about that with us, uh, John Nigley, right?
2: John, John Nigley uh, will join the next podcast and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, now we have the thermocouple wire and, uh, you know, what do you do? What kind of insulations uh, uh, right. do we put on that wire? Uh, Right, and it really depends depends on the medium that it's going to be using. You know, the heat treater or whoever uh, the temperature range that the wire is going to be used.
1: Gotcha. All right, very good. Good talking with you, and uh, we'll we'll uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. Very good. Thank you so much. Thanks.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's heat treat radio episode with Ed Vallejo. Heat treat radio is on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and on the website heattreattoday.com forward slash radio. The last episode in this Thermocouples 101 series will be coming out in a few weeks, so be sure you are tuning in. To reach out to today's guest, head over to pelicanwire.com, and when you call the number listed there, that is 239-597-8555, the operator will connect you with Ed. You can even send an email to me, and I'll put you in touch. My email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. As always, we're constantly interested in new Heat Treat Radio topics. Send me an email with something you find interesting and we can talk about a future Heat Treat Radio episode. Or if you'd like to sponsor a future episode, let me know and we'll be in touch. Again, my email is bethany at heattreattoday.com. If you're looking for the top rising young leaders in the industry, look no further than Heat Treat Today's 40 Under 40. The 40 winners in the class of 2021 will be announced this Monday, September 13th, on the website and in the daily e-newsletter, Heat Treat Daily. Learn more at heattreattoday.com forward slash 40 under 40 promo. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank the Heat Treat Buyer's Guide. Find your heat treatment resources at www.heattreatbuyersguide.com. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advanced written permission from Heat Treat Today. Jonathan Lloyd, audio producer extraordinaire, created and mixed most of the music that you heard today. Check out his professional work at www.JonathanLloydMusic.com. Thank you, Jonathan. And I'm your host, Bethany Leone. Thank you for listening.